This is a Variety Sports Network production. Now to your host. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm Brandon uh, on the uh, Five Hole Series uh, for today. Uh, before we get into any of the real content, uh, we are joined with uh, Steve. He's his first time on the uh, Five Hole Series with the Variety Sports Network. So I to kind of hand it over to Steve and let him do his introduction and tell him a little bit about himself. Hey guys, my name's Steve. Um, thanks for having me on the five hole. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of getting started with these guys at the variety sports network. So I'm really, uh, really hoping to, uh, help to add some content and some, uh, insights to everything they got going on. Um, it's, it's exciting to kind of get to talk about all this hockey stuff and, uh, you know, really help the, uh, help people understand a little bit more in depth as what's going on with the um with everything going on with the blues around the hockey league um but yeah i'm glad to be here thanks man yeah not a problem happy to have you on and you know been kind of look trying to get you on uh, a show for probably about the last week or so and uh kind of kind of hit some road bumps between now and then or then and now. So I'm glad we were able to kind of coordinate something to actually get you on the show and talk about some of the stuff that we were going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But all right. So for today, I know it's been uh, a few, about a week or so since it actually happened, but we're going to go through and kind of talk about the uh, kind of the blockbuster trade that happened in the NHL uh, with Matthew Kachuk going to the Florida Panthers and then having uh, Jonathan, uh, what is it, Huberdro and mm-hmm. then uh, Mackenzie Weger and uh, kind of going off to Calgary. I believe there was uh, one other player in a draft pick that were also included on the deal, but it was, it was, I was surprised at the actual. Uh, takeaway that Calgary got from Florida for uh, Kachuk is I know the blues, they were originally talking about trying to trade for him, And there's a few other teams that were kind of in the mix. And I, for a while, especially being from St. Louis, I figured we had a pretty good shot at getting him, but I just didn't see as big of a deal coming from uh, Florida as what, kind of what happened i don't know if you had the kind of the same take steve or what you were kind of feeling whenever you saw the kachuk trade kind of come through yeah so um i i thought that the blues were going to try to go pretty hard for kachuk um but you know from looking at some of the, the trade rumors and stuff it's i'm it would have taken a lot of moves to make it work um yeah. and as cool as it would have been to have the hometown kid back uh back home in st louis i it's a hefty price tag, man, especially for what they gave for him. So, mm-hmm. and some of the guys uh, on the variety, we were all kind of talking about it. We thought the only real way that uh, we would have been able to really even think of the trade of Kachucky actually happening was if we got probably like Tarasenko or probably mm-hmm. off the books because, I mean, they had pretty significant contracts on the books for us as well that were kind of hindering us. So uh, kind of seeing that they weren't really able to do that. But, I mean, even the deal that they 
got Calgary got was pretty substantial uh, for Kachuk, even though it was just him that Panthers got. But the the takeaway that Calgary got was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. I I was looking up some of the stats and stuff um, just from like Jonathan Huberdo. Um, I mean, he had over a hundred point season last last year. And did we even have anybody on the team that went over a hundred points? I believe the closest person that we had, I think, was Tarasenko, and I think he had eighty. No, no, eighty-two, eighty-two, eighty-two. Points. Okay, I didn't yeah. want to say the wrong number, and then, and then <laughs> so I, I'm glad it's not that you're that you kind of had. Uh, but yeah, they he scored one hundred and four points, uh, forty-two goals, sixty-two assists uh last season and then uh 10 points four goals six assists in the stanley cup playoffs so matthew played a pretty had a pretty good season and i know huberdro he was he was right around the same kind of numbers uh for the panthers so that's 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 great for both teams that they're able to get two really big names that kind of go back and forth between both the both sides, but the only thing I really heard was that Huberdro wasn't really. I guess he wasn't all that happy to kind of get dealt on this trade, and he was kind of questioning whether or not he was going to uh, sign a long term deal with Calgary. I don't know what the what the circumstances were. I know he wanted to stay in Florida. Um, but I saw that he was kind of questioning if he wanted to sign something long-term with Calgary. Yeah. See, I'd heard something similar um, because I, I was reading something on Twitter that said that I guess Florida and him were actually in like re-signing talks and then he gets the call and says, Hey, you're getting traded. Yeah. And it's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I could see how he probably, whenever he got the news that he was getting traded, he probably could, was a little confused going, we've been in talks for a contract extension, and all of a sudden you guys are coming back and saying, hey, we're trading you to Calgary for Matthew Kachuk. And I could see how that could be a lot of questions being wanting to be asked on, at least on his end. Right. Uh, as far as Florida, though, I'm not sure that – I guess it makes sense for them because they're trading a 28 year old, um, or he's 29. Uh, Huberdo is um, for a 24 year old, so with yeah. similar numbers. So I guess it's, you know, it's probably a better, better deal for them in the long term, hopefully. Um, but man, 9.5 million is a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a little shocked at the extension that they actually. Well, I wasn't really shocked. I was uh, more surprised. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit lower. I thought it was going to be in like the seven or eight million range, but mm-hmm. it was in the the nine point five for what eight years. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was pretty. I'm happy for him uh, that he was able to get the deal done and be able to find himself on a on a good contending team because. Uh, I mean, last season, Florida, they took home the President's Trophy and getting to numbers that I didn't even think they were going to be able to get to with, I think, having 56 wins. So it was it was pretty crazy, especially in a 82-game season, being able to win 50-something games and only losing 20. That's that's pretty crazy in a 
in that season. But didn't they like after they won the president's trophy, didn't they like fire their coach right after that? Yep, they got rid of their coach. Uh they hired uh Maurice, I believe it, uh to come on as their new head coach. So I was I was a little questioning and didn't really know what mm-hmm. all happened with that. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of weird that all of a sudden <laughs> they get they had the season that they had made it to the playoffs, made mm-hmm. it to the second round, and then all of a sudden their coach gets fired. Right. It's yeah. The flags me. <laughs> there's there's gotta be more to this story than <laughs> that's yeah. not meeting the eye here. Yeah. Um but uh but uh, I actually just found out that that he was that apparently he is open to uh staying long term. Who would really is that and there was okay. initial shock to the matter uh to being traded, but he says he is open to uh to a, some sort of extension or long-term expend extension with, uh, with the flames. Uh, he still has one. He has one season. Oh, he had six, one season remaining, uh, on the six year mm-hmm. term that he had for 35 million. Uh, so it was, uh, God damn. He, uh, I think this year he's making five point nine million. Yeah, yeah, it's his last season that he had on this contract. So, I mean, he's. Uh, I I'm guessing they're probably going to see how things go. I don't know if Calgary is going to actually go into it trying to look for an extension straight off. Uh, but I know that. I mean, last year he he had a season high of 115 points, mm-hmm. uh, 85 assists and 80 games last season. Uh, but yeah, it was 58, 18 and six that the Panthers went on to. So, I mean, and yeah, he didn't have, he didn't have the best of record or best of contribute, uh, contributing in the playoffs. He only had one goal and four assists, but I mean, it seemed like for the most part, Florida kind of was struggling a little bit for the most part anyway, because they, I mean, they were a team that went 0 for 18 on the power play. And I, <laughs> I and Brandon Safel and I, and even Josh, we were talking about this on the, uh, on our show that we had whenever uh, doing all the previews for each of the, uh, of the rounds. Yeah, we were, we were all trying to figure out how Florida was able to make it through to the the second round, and with the power play being non-existent, I've never seen somebody or a team come through and get to the second round and not even have a single ounce of uh, production off a power play. They, I mean, they they didn't have a single power play where they actually scored any kind of goals or anything. So that was. Um, that was astonishing to me. <laughs> that that's pretty crazy, man. Those are some pretty bad stats there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, it, it, we could tell whenever it came to the second round and got they got swept out by or by the uh, by the lightning. So I mean, right? It, you could tell that something was there. Uh, they obviously did good throughout the entire season. I wonder if having as good as a run they did on the season kind of. Uh, got him tired for whenever it came to the actual 
uh, postseason. And they obviously yeah. they did good in the first round. Uh, but whenever they were going up against the Lightning, I guess they didn't have anything left in the tank after the season that they had. So, but I guess with getting a piece with of uh, getting Kachuk, I guess we'll see how Florida actually tends to doing after uh, after the season starts and seeing how everybody kind of gels together with each other after getting such a big trade done with. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I can see, you know, and the thing was like, they were ranked number one in the East, right? Yes. So they would have played the, what the worst team in the, the playoffs on the East side. So. Yeah. And I believe it was. I was trying to look what? to see who they actually played the first round. I think was it Boston? Uh, Capitals. Oh yeah, Washington. It was. I believe it was the Lightning that played the uh, the Bruins. That I believe. Uh, So, so tell me this, man. And I don't know. uh, It's a little bit off topic, but you know, everybody kind of talks big about Alex Ovechkin. mm Hmm. But what's going on, man? Like the, the you know Washington didn't even make it out of the first round. So is he just like regressing hard, or or how? Uh, see, with o with the thing with Ovi, I get that he's he's wanting to. Obviously, everybody knows he's wanting to chase Gret's number and right. be able to get to where he's at. Uh, I think it, and they have a lot of pieces around him. Obviously, they have. Uh, Tom Wilson, they have T.J. Oshie, uh, John Carlson as, a de- as their one of their best defensive men on on the team. But I, I, and to be honest with you, I don't know what it is. Obviously, I know they won a few years ago in the cup. Uh, uh-huh. The year before, the Blues ended up taking the cup. That whenever the Capitals actually won last, but yeah, they, I, I really. I'm not too sure what's going on with the Capitals. I, I mean, they had a good season for the most part whenever they were kind of going through and having obviously the season that they had to get into the playoffs. But to be honest with you, whenever they got in and watched a couple of the games that they are kind of playing against Florida, mm-hmm. that I, I don't know what was going on with them because it seemed like they just couldn't get any kind of production going on and getting any kind of goals. Cause obviously, I mean, yeah, Florida didn't have any kind of power play goals or anything with the, but they, uh, it just looked like they were sloppy in yeah. going the playoffs. Um, right. I guess, it, I guess it too. I mean, teams that have like one, one really good player, you know, or somebody that's like hyped up really good, like maybe Toronto. Yeah, you know, with the is Austin's that's or Matthews. Yeah, Austin Matthews. Yeah, I mean they they hype him up pretty hard, but then Toronto, you know, didn't make it. You know, through yeah, the and, round and that's <laughs> and they got like the that whole Achilles heel thing going on thing. Whenever they get into the playoffs and not making it past the first round, oh, I maybe they can figure something out and be able to get get farther into the playoffs and just the first round. Because I mean, yeah, with them. I even touched on this a few times in other shows that mm-hmm. it seems like 
they'll do good throughout the entire season, but it's only the their one guy that really can contribute. Yeah, they have some of the other pieces that they have. I think Gardner, uh, Slavin, or no, that's other different team. I'm sorry, uh, but they have a lot of good players that are kind of around Austin Matthews. So I don't see why they aren't able to really contribute to getting farther in the playoffs is what they current, what they usually are. Right. Yeah. I, you know, when it came to the playoffs too, especially for the blues, um, I was, I was kind of disappointed because I felt like Tarasenko had a great season. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like he disappeared. That was, that was, that was the way for a lot of the players on the blues team. Cause I mean, they, they had, um, they only had really two guys. It was mostly Perron and O'Reilly in the playoffs yeah. that really were contributing. But I mean, guys that used were something were scoring like Thomas, Tarasenko, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Falk. Even I mean, yeah, Falk was he was contributing a little bit too in the playoffs as well. But yeah, a lot of their goal scorers they were non-existent going into the playoffs this past season, and I. I I, ho- I hope it's not going to be the same this upcoming season that they'll play like they do and then they they fall off short. And I think that's why they are trying to get uh, Kachuk or somebody else kind of come in and get maybe a few pieces out like Tarasenko or right Krug or some of them other guys because I know they were both on the on the trading block because they were trying to get rid of cap space so that way they could pull in maybe a good defenseman or a good uh, forward so that way they can kind of meld them all together and have somebody that can kind of help the guys kind of start contributing more. Right, yeah. I mean, I, you know, the thing that's really killing the Blues is, like, they didn't have much cap space, man, you know. Uh, And then the players they needed to trade had no trade clauses or modified trade, you know, contracts or you know so it's like you know you're kind of tying your hands behind your back you know and that was that was one thing too with this season upcoming uh they were actually getting hit i believe with they i think they got hit with some sort of uh like a penalty like a salary cap because they're they were they got short shortened a couple of million uh because they were mm-hmm. only opted up to, I think, 80, $81 million for uh, this season. And for some reason, they they weren't able to uh, – because I know a lot of teams, they are still up there pretty good and being able to get some of the pieces that they weren't and wanting. But I think that was a big contributing factor for the Blues. And obviously, yeah, yeah they had a few people that they were really wanting to get signed back like Perron, who unfortunately was able, not able to get re-signed with the Blues, who's now with uh, Detroit. Right. But I think in the next coming years, the I did see that they're going to be having uh, salary cap uppages, or they'll be upping the salary cap for most teams. So yeah, sure. that's, why, that's why you see contracts like the seven eight nine almost 10 million uh right 
AAV. So that they're all of those contracts are all anticipation of the uh, the cap getting higher, which uh, most uh, most teams are anticipating the salary cap. So that's uh, hopefully something that the Blues will kind of be able to get better pieces going forward in next seasons that to come to be able to get uh, players to kind of help the core guys with getting good players around them and even the defense because it seemed like the defense for the last couple of years has been really kind of dwindling. I, I shouldn't say dwindling, but not up to par with some of the other teams in the league. Right. Yeah. See, I, you know, I was actually surprised that we re-signed Nick Letty. Um, I didn't think that was going to happen. I figured he was going to want too much money. Um, but I also thought we were going to re-sign David Perron, <laughs> but he was the opposite of what, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that the, the signage, the signing of Nick Letty, I think that was in lieu of not being able to sign David Perron back just because of how much money I think he was wanting from us. Uh-huh. Uh, but then to see him actually going to Detroit and taking a uh, 4.2 or a 4.4 contract for right three years, it got it kind of confused me a little bit. So, but it, I think that's the reason why Letty came back. Yeah, the thing that I was that I was thinking was, um, you know, David Perron was one of our main contributors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the playoffs. Well, he's also 34. You know, yeah. I, I think it said that he only played, uh, let's see, I think I got the stats on that. He only played 67 games last year. Yep. You know, so it's like, do you pick up somebody that plays all 82 or, you know, somebody mm-hmm. that may be a little bit more prone to injuries and a little bit older, you know? So I know it's unpopular, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I actually had a kind of a post going in – uh, one of the uh, blues pages a uh, few days ago, or probably about last week sometime, uh, was a post I just wanted to kind of gauge uh, people on for, because I know they're really in need of a defenseman. And this was before mm-hmm. he actually signed with Dallas, or not Dallas, but the Ducks. Uh, oh, yeah. Asked everybody what they thought if they were to sign uh, Klingberg. Because I know he's mm. a little bit more of an offensive defenseman. Uh, he's he's really good on the back check. At, uh, so, and yeah, I know he was probably on a little bit on the downslope of his career with him being in his thirties now. And that was one topic that somebody actually brought up was that the kind of what you were saying about the age factor. He is getting into his thirties, and that's in the I think what I read somewhere somewhere that the average age for the blues is like 28 years old or something like that. So, I mean, that's right. They're getting kind of a little bit of an older facade to them. So maybe that's the reason why, I mean, yeah, I get that Klingberg probably wasn't even going to be an option uh, Mm -hmm. for the blues with him, who is his age and everything and probably the contract that he was wanting as well. But I can under also understand why the blues are probably looking to try to get a little bit of a, uh, a younger group that kind of come in and play. Uh, so I can see that kind of being the reason why Perron probably didn't get a, si- a re-signing with the team. 
uh, to try to maybe focus on getting younger players in. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I wish Kachuk would have came to St. Louis just because he is only 23 years old and he, I think he could have been, oh, 20, 24, sorry. 24, I, yeah. Uh, so I think that would have been a, a really good signing for the Blues, but yeah. I, <clears throat> well, and they they also just uh, oh, I don't know if I lost internet or no, you're you're good. Okay, kind of flickered, kind of in and out for a second, but you're good. Okay, uh, to kind of get back onto the topic of the Matthew Kachuk trade. Uh, I one thing that he did kind of say whenever he was in talks with Calgary and everything that he thought he did kind of the right way. He had kind of the right way of going about it. Uh, he played as hard as he could, tried to be as uh, as much in the community as possible. Uh, he wasn't really trying to change his play to really show – Either the really the bad side of this play. He was playing the hardest he could to really get the most out of what he could for the team. Uh, he was even saying that uh, ho- he hoped that people can respect him for the the uh, for the move that he was trying to make, trying to help them out as much as he tried to help out in 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 the process. Uh, he was he felt like working together with the team really benefited towards the contract. And obviously with everything that kind of went into the trade, they got Jonathan who, who brew and then uh, McKenzie Weger. So, I mean, everything that kind of went into the season for Kachuk and for Calgary and even for Florida. Now they were able to really make a impact. And even now Kachuk is saying that he feels that coming to Florida, uh, he feels like he's going to be able to bring a little bit of swagger to the team that maybe hasn't been there in a while that maybe he can, with having the two teams in Florida, maybe he can bring a little bit of luster to uh, uh, Florida Panthers, maybe to where they can actually uh, top the lightning, I guess, whenever they, if they get into the playoffs or even through the regular season. Right, right. And also on top of just the players that they got, um, Florida actually sent a first round pick up there too, but yep. It looks like yeah, it's first, it looks like as well. Sorry. Go it ahead. looks like it was uh it's lottery protected though. So if for some reason the you know, Florida gets uh gets in the lottery, I guess it goes down to like a two thousand twenty six first round pick instead. So Yep. But um There was one other thing that I wanted to touch on with this. Oh, yeah, the whole thing with him kind of bringing – oh, I remember what it was. The – I don't know if you saw it a couple days ago, but uh, there was an article that came out that whenever uh, Kachuk had been signed to uh, Florida – Evander Kane ended up uh, making a kind of a hit or kind of making like a jab almost at uh-huh. Kitchuk. And I know there there's been the whole rivalry between those two with like the uh, 
the big rivalry between Edmonton and Calgary for the longest of times. I've even probably before I was even born, the, the whole rivalry was going on between those two teams. <laughs> but uh, they, for the most part, it was just them poking, poking at each other for uh, how he could bring some swagger. And it was kind of one of those things that Vander Kane just was kind of making fun of the whole thing a little bit. The saying is like, it's not just one person that can bring the uh, like uplifting spirits to a team or whatnot. But I mean, in a way, I feel like in a way that he is kind of right and kind of wrong. Uh, I was listening to another uh, show on the radio the other day, and they were saying it was more on the baseball side of things. Uh, it was like mm-hmm. anytime you have like a big name or kind of see a trade kind of come through that's going to be like a big name or something that's just going to help the team better itself that's always something that that when the players see that it's gonna be something that's gonna be uplifting that it's gonna want to make the players it makes the players see that the front office and the people that are trying to bring players in it's wanting to get um it's wanting to make the players want to contribute more to get yeah yeah farther into the season do better and make it into the playoffs and actually win right kind of to you know put it take the next step and kind of mm-hmm. be uh you know build up the the team a little bit more through that transaction i i totally get what you're meaning man i you know i personally um i i kind of worry about um the kachuk thing a little bit for florida just because um they had a really great line up there um in Calgary, I mean, they had Johnny Goudreau, they had, uh, you know, Lindholm, and then Kachuk. And I almost wonder, like, I wonder if their numbers are a little bit like. Um, you think they're uh, probably degrad- or decreased a little bit with losing Goudreau and now Kachuk? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if, like, if each individual, like, because, like, all three of those were really good players, mm-hmm. if, if they go separate ways, if their numbers all come down a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, in a way, they obviously they all have kind of gone their separate ways. Because I mean, Gaudreau, he signed with Columbus, right? Uh, um, Kachuk, he's signed with Florida, and so I and Lindholm, I don't even know if he, is he still with Calgary or does yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure he is. Okay, but yeah, I I I don't really see with everything, all the pieces that have kind of moved on from Calgary. I, I think one of my buddies didn't even touch on this, that they think Calgary got the losing end of this contract or this, this trade a little bit. Because, yeah, I know they got Hudro or not Hudro, but, uh, Huberdeau. Yeah. yeah Huberdeau. And then Uyghur as well, just to mm-hmm. boost, boost their defense a little bit. But I mean, they're, they're losing probably one of the top elite, yeah game he's got a long time to grow still too so yeah i mean even with gaudreau a little bit too i mean he's he's still young oh i mean no matter how you kind of look at it they're two of the players that they lost this offseason it's gonna i think it's gonna hurt calgary in the long run but uh yeah i'd say i'd say you're probably right um 
I mean, because Huberdeau's 29, so I mean, he'll be hitting the 30 mark, you know, this this next season. So who who knows from there? You know, a couple years if he even resigns. You know. Yep. But but yeah, I was looking at I was looking at some stats and stuff, and it it shows that you know two years ago in or not two years ago in 2018 2019 was that the last full season um did they have shortened seasons the the next two because mm-hmm. of covid and all that um he went from 77 points to 104 kachuk did um and you know it, it's kind of kind of interesting just looking at the stats and seeing how it increases and decreases as the years go on yeah you know but yeah, and I mean, teams, you're, they're always going to have, like, their periods of time where they're going to have, like, their really, really good runs, and then you're going to have the periods of times where teams are going to have their really, really bad runs. And mm. and just, I mean, a, a good example of that is uh, Chicago. And, I mean, I, I know I was wanting to kind of touch on it a little bit, and it kind of goes right yeah. goes right into it a little bit, but uh, – I mean, hearing talks that like Patrick Kane's wanting out, uh, Jonathan Taves, he's not happy with like the so-called five-year plan that uh, Chicago is having or was wanting to go with to try to do their whole rebuild and everything that he might possibly want out of Chicago as well. But uh, so I, I I'm well, kind of interested to see what kind of lane those two are going to go if they get traded or not. Well, I mean, I'm I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Um, back at the draft on draft day, they traded um Debrinket. Yep. Um, and what did they tra- uh, a number seven pick or something? Yeah, I think it was only draft picks that they ended up getting for Debrinket. They might have got a player in in lieu of that. Uh, uh, let me check really quick because I could be wrong on that. It might have been he. Uh, yeah, it looks like three picks, maybe a seventh round pick, um, 39th pick in the second round, and the Senators' third round pick in 2024. So, yeah, so I mean, that's a big addition right there that Chicago really lost. That was one of their big contributing factors on for the team. Yeah. Was there some sort of like conspiracy or something or something? Did something go down in Chicago that the, the new GM's trying to like? you know, just clean house or something. I, I, that, well, I think that's what's part of the whole like five-year plan that apparently Chicago's trying to go through is that they're trying, I guess with having the run that they had and then just kind of falling apart all of a sudden after like having their, like the three or so or like the five or so good seasons that they had where they won the three cups yeah, and then it's I don't know what happened to Chicago that all of a sudden they just started tanking. Like they're in the Central, they're like one of the worst couple team, one of the worst teams in the Central Division. Uh, but yeah, they, I know that some of the guys are not happy in Chicago. Taze and Kane being a couple of them. Uh, we even heard talks that Kane was being in, uh, entertained, I believe, to the Islanders. Or something okay. on those lines. Hmm. I, it was one of those teams up in the uh, up in the East Coast that was possibly thinking of uh, doing a trade for Kane. But I mean, this offseason, they the uh, 
Chicago has made some pretty big acquisition, or I want to say big, but they've made some pretty significant acquisitions. They uh, they picked up six players during uh, free agency so far. I mean, uh, Andreas uh, S. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I butchered this name. I am sorry for all all the fans that are that are actually listening to this, but uh, Andreas and. Anthony Nauzu. I don't know if that's right or if it's wrong. It's probably wrong. <laughs> uh, but they assigned him for a one-year uh, contract, uh, $3 million uh, cap hit. Uh, Max Domi, they assigned him for a one-year contract. Uh, Colin Blackwell from uh, the Maple Leafs, he signed a two-year deal for $1.2 million a year. And then they ha- they signed a goalie, uh, Alex Stalock, Stalock, to a one year deal. Uh, Brett Stenny from the Maple Leafs, and then or he- they signed him for a one year, two way contract. And then Luke Phillip was a one year, two way contract as well. So I mean, they are making moves to try to get players uh, and to maybe help the core group and Chicago to maybe contribute more uh, to see where that all kind of goes. I'm, I'm not sure if picking up the pieces, I know Max Domi, he was a really good player for the Canes. Uh, so maybe that Max can help uh, Patrick and uh, Jonathan, maybe get some offense going for the team, maybe get them to contribute a little bit more. I haven't heard much. I don't really know Blackwell all that much. Uh, he played for Toronto as well as uh, that Cine. Uh I don't really know much about him. And then the goaltender that uh, they signed as well. I'm not too familiar with him either as well. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're making a lot of a lot of moves to try to, I guess, to try to get younger. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, maybe they're just going for the first round picks, you know, for uh, next season. You know, trying to get the yeah. lottery up there. But um, I'm not super familiar with Chicago. I, you know, like I said, I mostly stick to just kind of focusing on the Blues and stuff. But um, or at least I have been recently. So yeah, but. Yeah. Hey, at least they won't be that good. Maybe we'll beat them. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially with the rivalry that uh, St. Louis and Chicago's had over the years. I don't think it's really been as much of a rivalry as what it used to be in the past. But I mean, that's still something that's uh, kind of there, I guess. Especially with being in the same division still. Um, yeah, but. There's been a few other things that I wanted to touch on. The well, mostly the last thing, uh, but I, before get into that, I also wanted to uh, touch on where oh, touch on. I know we have. Uh, our sponsors with row one. Uh, we, we row one brand. They uh, have a bunch of merch 
merchandise. I've I've gotten a few pieces. Uh, a few of the other guys on the Riders Sports Network. We, if you guys want to go check them out, they have very they have uh, all non copyright uh, merchandise. They go from cups, uh, apparel, you name it, they have it. There's over seventy five thousand different art styles that they have. Uh, if you want to check them out, we have our discount code at the bottom of the screen. It's VSP15. Uh, if you want to use that at checkout, you can get 15% off at the at purchase. Uh, I I have a few things of theirs, uh, their merchandise. I have a few uh, few apparel pieces. They're really they're really cool and everything. And it show it's kind of a different look at different. Uh, Kind of just sports in general, just instead of having like the normal look of everything, they kind of go a little bit different route. So if you guys want to check them out, it's uh, Road One Road One brand. Uh, the and the discount code is VSP fifteen again. Uh, but the last thing I kind of wanted to get into uh, before we kind of shut things down was free agency. Uh, I know there's still a few players that are kind of still in the market looking for teams. Uh, and I, some of them, I'm, some of them are, I know got picked up uh, like Klingberg, but some of the other guys, I'm not exactly sure. And you might know a little bit more about it than I do. Uh, some of the forwards still uh, that have, that are in the middle of free agency was uh, Patrice Bergeron. Uh, he may or may not have been picked up, but he, uh, he last season, he had 65 points, uh, 25 goals, 40 assists in 73 games, uh, and was an excellent two-way player, which I'm, if he doesn't get re-signed back to Boston, I don't know where, where he would kind of really go. I know he played really, he was a really good addition to their team and he was a very good contributor. Uh, so I'm, I was kind of surprised that some of these guys, especially Bergeron are kind of not on the team yet. If he hasn't been signed yet. Yeah, man, I'm actually holding out for the blues to get Kadri. So, Oh, don't tell me. I'm just, I'm just kidding, man. (laughs) No, you you had me scared there for a second. I was like, you're actually wanting to get him? No, no, man. Yeah. Dude, I actually so to be completely honest, um, I I went to the the playoff games uh, against the Avalanche, and uh, my sister in laws are both mm-hmm. Avalanche fans, so it was basically torture having to ride back home with them after Oof. after watching the games. Man, it was, <laughs> but they are like extreme Kadri fans, and I just hate them now. So <laughs> yeah, and. But, Surprisingly, and well, I shouldn't say surprisingly, he Nazem Kadri is actually one of the few players that are actually still like one of the big names that is actually still out in free agency. And I touched on this on a different show, or it might have been just in general with some friends that we were talking about. It, is that I wonder if his his uh, reputation that's kind of causing him to not really get any traction with getting a contract signed this offseason 
Yeah. Because, I mean, he's been known for the last, I think it's six playoffs or six postseasons that he's been somewhat involved with a player getting injured during the postseason. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I had heard that even when he was on Toronto, he ended up getting, like, he kind of just, like, hurt his team because he'd mm-hmm. get ejected or suspended for doing something stupid, you know, and, and you know, it's just, I, I still like personally, I, I think he could have moved, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like with the Bennington hit. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was one of those people that I, I really watched the whole, I, I was watching a lot of the games this off season and just whenever I was watching that game, when him coming out and saying that, Oh, he pushed me into the goaltender. I was looking at the screen going, you were the one that kind of glided into our player. It wasn't really one of those things where he pushed you or he glided into you or anything that I, and a lot of people could probably say it was the heat of the moment or heat of the play that they're both trying to get to the puck and whatnot. And they could have, they're probably no way of stopping, but I mean, in a way I've seen where they were at on the ice and then see now he kind of put himself into that position. Yeah. I, I remember the interview after the game and I don't remember if it was O'Reilly or Prawn, but they, they basically said, you know, they asked him, do, they, do you think it was intentional? Um, and their response was at this level, we, you know what you're doing. You know, like, <laughs> you yeah. know, how come people don't slide into the goalies every other play, you know? Oh, yeah. And that that was a big thing. It was like, you guys could have easily came up with the puck in that middle of the play, either stop before you got to Bennington or skated off to either side of Bennington. Yeah, it was one of those things that I think it was Mikola that was in yeah. the middle mm-hmm. of it all. Mikola could easily – he was just straight and straight after the puck and Kadri came up behind him trying to get to it. So it's one of those things that, I mean, it was what it, really a big game of what ifs. If, it, if they skated off, it could have been avoided. Any other player could have been in that situation. And, I mean, what if that – they, the same thing happened, and Bennington came out of it fine. And then, who knows if we would have won the series or if we would have still lost? I mean, it's a big right. game, what ifs kind of thing. I, you know, I personally think that, you know, you look at the first series the Avalanche played. Um, they swept swept Nashville, right? Yep. When they come in, we beat them twice, twice, right? Yeah, and we get the game six, and you know, we ended up losing in that like. You know, the three-second three goal or whatever it was, you know. Um, we're about to go to overtime, and, you know, they shoot the puck, and just it mm-hmm. just goes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and then they go to the Oilers, and they sweep the Oilers, you know. So I'm like, if Bennington wouldn't have got hurt, maybe we won, you know. Who knows where we're at, you know. Yeah, and there was a I, – I thought this from – even before the Colorado St. Louis series even was a thing that if whenever that did happen and St. Louis and Colorado were going at it with going at it with each other, 
I kind of figured that whoever was going to be the winner of that series was going to be pretty much the, the team that probably was going to go on to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. It, I didn't think Calgary or Edmonton really had the pieces to really go up against either Colorado or the Blues, which we we saw that was true whenever Edmonton came and and tried to beat Colorado and they ended up getting swept four games to nothing in the third. Right. In, and the crazy thing is, man, it's like we didn't have anybody on our team that was just like, this is the star, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like we just had a lot of depth, you know? We and that, like, what was the eight people that had 20 goals or something? I mm-hmm. mean, that that's a lot, right? Yeah. And I that, that's one thing that's always been a kind of a, a St. Louis thing because, yeah, they're – I, I wouldn't say they're a big market team. They're more of like a a middle to small market team that they got to go out and scrounge, not so much scrounge, but they got to go out and get like the, the middle ground guys that they're not always going to be like the top echelon player. But as we kind of play, as they kind of all play with each other and the togetherness or the team effort that they all impose on other teams, it just shows that like they they're there for each other and everything, and that the the team effort that they give just outweighs and outpowers a lot of the other teams that they we play against in the NHL. Yeah, I I would agree with that. No, um, but and yeah, Nazem Kadri. Hopefully, he gets something kind of going with uh, a contract. If not, I. I'd hate to see him kind of sit out for a season. He's a very, he's a good player aside from his antics and reputation. Uh, 30, he's a 31 year old forward. He had uh, 15 points in the postseason. Uh, overall, in the in, in the regular season, he had uh, 59 assists, 87 points, uh, 29 power play points. So I mean he he's 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 a very big contributor to the Colorado offense whenever he is playing with them. I don't know if he still is gonna be with Colorado this upcoming season or not. Um but then you got guys like and this is actually a player I was surprised that is gonna be going to free agency is uh Phil Kessel. I mean I know he's getting a little bit a little bit older as well. He's 34 years old, but I mean, he's had, and so far in his career, he's had 959 points, uh, 330 or 399 goals, 557 assists. Uh, he's had over 1,204 games uh, played. And I mean, he's played with Coyotes, Penguins, Leafs, Bruins. And he, he's a very well-rounded player, and I was kind of—I don't know if it's just because of his age or nobody wants to sign him, but um, this was kind of one of those players that I was kind of surprised, especially how far it is into the free, like into the summer, that Phil doesn't have a uh, a contract yet. Well, I mean, yeah, we're getting pretty close to even like the preseason. I mean, a month and a half for in two months away. Yeah. So, well, we're like a month now, because I mean, we're at the end of July, about, and I mean, tomorrow's the start of August. So, I mean, you got to think yeah. about it. The August seventh, I believe, is when the first 
uh, preseason game starts for the Blues at least. And is it August or September? September. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, I believe it's September seventh. The yeah. first game that they're playing, and uh, it, that's one of those games that's going to be out in Kansas City, right? So that's with the uh, Arizona, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about going, and I was like, "Yeah, that's too far." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and especially with me being on the Illinois side of the river now for at least till the end of September, I was like, "I'm thinking about actually going, maybe trying to go to that game." But now it's like I'm gonna have to drive from all the way in Illinois to Missouri, yeah. through all of Missouri, and get uh-huh. to KC, and it adding on like probably another 45 minutes to an hour on my regular drive there, which is like three hours. I'm not about to drive four hours to Kansas City to go watch a preseason game. Right? Yeah, that's like the the cool thing is like the cool and the bad thing is where I live, I'm like you know an hour and a half, two hours from everything, so mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter where you go or you know. Yeah. And, and speaking of the Coyotes, one of these days, probably one of these days soon, uh, I was actually going to have another podcast, uh, one to five hole, kind of talking about the Coyotes and their situation uh, with like their arena and why they're having to play. Oh yeah, in the the college arena, and that was that was going to probably be a pretty big show because I know Josh. And Brandon and a few of the other guys were all kind of wanting to get in on that show. So, but I definitely have to kind of figure something out because with the season kind of coming up uh, in another month or so, I'm going to probably have to have that episode soon. Yeah, for sure. I I know I saw something on Twitter about their season ticket prices and Mm -hmm. people were like, dude, it's in a college arena, man. Yeah. Well, and so, my tickets I saw were going to be upwards to like maybe a hundred dollars a piece, regardless of like where, uh, where you were at in the arena. Everything was, I think might be the lowest ticket price. I, I know they're going to be like up and down, but the lowest ticket price I saw, I thought was going to be like a hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah. It's dude. The tickets are weird, man, across the league. Cause like the blues, I feel like kind of like mid range. You know, mm-hmm. it's 70 bucks for an upper bowl, you know, somewhere around there, 70 to 100. I looked at uh, Vegas tickets. Have you ever looked at Vegas tickets? Not very much here recently, but uh, this upcoming year, I thought about maybe taking some time and maybe trying to go to a Vegas uh, St. Louis game out in Vegas. Right. Yeah. So I looked at the tickets and maybe because it's like preseason, you know, before the season actually starts it upper bowl was like 200 bucks, man. Oh, I was like, I was like, uh, what? (laughs) Yeah. So I, maybe they'll, maybe they'll go down. Who knows? But I was like, I can't afford afford that dude. (laughs) Yes. But uh, yeah. Cause if I take a trip out to Vegas at some point and wanting to go to the game, I, I might skimp out if they're going to be like $200 a ticket for upper bowl. Dude, that, I saw it. That's a little steep. <laughs> I saw that they're having a deal on uh plane tickets out to Boston. Um, oh, really? whenever the, whenever the blues play out in Boston. So I was thinking about going to that, but it's in November in Boston. So it's going to be like eight feet of snow, you know? So <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm ready for Ooh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but kind of in speaking of St. Louis, uh, the last forward that's kind of on the list, of, uh, kind of a bigger name, 
uh, he he was an ex blue. Uh, he played for Winnipeg here this previous season was uh, Paul Stasny. He's still kind of going through free agency. Uh, he, Stasny had his most points, 45, since the 17-18 uh, season when he had 53 points uh, with the Jets and Blues. Uh, he's now 36, so, I mean, that could be – Another contributing factor. Seems like oh, that's kind of the consensus with a lot of these guys that are in free agency now. They're all kind of the the mid thirties range that people, I guess, aren't too sure if they're wanting to get these older guys on contracts or not. But that's kind of weird to see Paul, especially with his caliber of play on emergency. Uh, I mean, like I said, this R came out. Uh, within the last week or whenever we supposed to have podcast originally. And uh, a few things could have changed, like Klingberg going to the Ducks and mm-hmm. everything. So that was it's kind of astonishing that Paul Stasny hasn't had a contract yet. If he hasn't, if he has since I saw, that's great for him and everything. But I don't know if he's had any luck yet with getting a contract um that was kind of off the forwards the going on to the defensemen we had we had a couple of guys uh, there's three kind of defensemen that i wanted to touch on that was obviously Klingberg being one of them but he just got the uh, the contract with the uh, ducks then we had P.K. Subban, which I was honestly surprised that he was going to be in free agency. I thought he would have been picked up by somebody by now. And then also Keith Yandel, uh, he was with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, yet again, I kind of going through all three of these guys. Klingberg was the youngest of the three, being 29 years old. Uh PK, he's going on 33, and Yandel's going on 35. So, and they've all had decent seasons. Uh, this past season, Kleinberg had 47 points, six goals, 41 assists. Uh, PK had 22 points, which that's kind of surprising coming from PK. I thought he. We've had a little bit more contribute uh, contribution to the team than what he did, only having five goals and seventeen assists. Then again, was it how many seasons now has it been since he moved on from Nashville to New Jersey? It's only been a couple. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. So yeah, I'm, I'm not hundred yeah, percent sure on that. Okay, uh, uh, he. He's kind of had stints with uh, Montreal Canadiens, Nashville Predators, obviously, and the Devils. Uh, then Key Andel, he had he had just 19 points this previous season, one goal, 18 assists, and 77 games. So he's it's kind of seems like he is kind of on the on the downward slope. Of his kind of career is not seeing really the numbers that you I used to see out of Yandel. Uh, 
And then goalie that I don't, there was only one goalie that I was really surprised to see in free agency. And that was Braden Holtby. Uh, I figured he, I mean, he's 32 years old as well, 32 years old as well. Uh, he was 10, 10 and one with a 278 uh, goals against average and then 913 save percentage and 24 games last year with the stars. Um, I was, I hope he is able to get on a team as well. He is a really good goalie and who knows if things go downhill with uh, the new addition to uh, the blues Greece, maybe something can be kind of worked out possibly with Holtby to come as a blue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know much about Greece. Hopefully he can, uh, I'm guessing Bennington's going to have to take most of the, most of the reps. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, kind of had to see i'm i'm not really familiar with greece as well either uh i don't really even know where he kind of came from to be honest was it was it uh was it the islanders i don't it might have been i'd have to look it up and see but um yeah that was uh that was kind of all the stuff i had for today uh guys if you want to check us out uh you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, name down below, be more 1893. If you want to follow me, uh, no, we have, I, I'm mostly, most of the time I'll be, uh, putting stuff out a few days before prior to, uh, putting shows up. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you had wanted to put your stuff out for anybody that's listening. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, uh, I'm mainly on Twitter. Um, I've got some Facebook and Instagram stuff, but that's mostly just personal. So, um, Steve Buxton NHL, um, you can follow me on there. I try to share some stuff whenever I see it. Um, hopefully as the season picks up, we'll start having some more content out. So, but I really do appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I was, uh, glad to have you on today as well. Uh, for, for you as well as the the rest of the guys, I'm going to try to be doing a lot of the, uh, the NHL. And even the blue. Okay. Uh, be try to have those dates to kind of have a little more of a soft schedule with if something kind of happens or I'm not able to have a show on those days, I'll be sure to let you guys know. Uh, be sure to check out the some of the other guys' show. I know Logan and Josh, they have a really good thing with the seventh stretch and the uh, Cardinal Chronicles. Uh, they just had a big couple of shows within the last couple of weeks for the uh, the uh, MLB All-Star Game and uh, Home Derby. So if you guys haven't, go check those out. Uh, but until the next time, this is me and Steve signing off. And we'll be sure to check you guys out in the next one. See ya. All right. See ya, man.